Concert Crusade podcast. You know what time it is. Okay. <laughs> This is the Content Crusade Podcast. I am your host, EJ Olson, joined by my esteemed colleague, Nicholas Spencer Durheim. Sir, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. This is the ASMR Crusade Podcast. <laughs> okay. The Ask Mister? Is that what that stands for? This is the Ask Mister Podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is the Content Crusade Podcast, and I am EJ Olson. This is Nick Durheim, and we're done being weird, and we're going to jump into this. We have a shit ton to talk about, Nick. We didn't talk last week officially because we were in the middle of E3 and things are weird and we had to wait for E3 to finish and then record and then release on Wednesday. So there's another two week gap, but here we are. We're doing the thing. And, you know, life happens. This is so true. It's kind of tough to, to get that going. It's this not like we're true. making any money off of this, so we don't really have a huge responsibility to our listeners or anything. No, no, not just to the group chat and, and our boy Cody Schaefer, who shouts out continues to to make some sick design shit for us and is always pimping us on the old social media. So thanks for that, bro. Bless him. Uh, I am excited to talk to you, though, because while we did watch the Microsoft conference together on Saturday, so Sunday. Sunday, it was Sunday, we didn't get to talk about anything else. And I'm looking through your list, and obviously Nintendo, I have a lot to say there, as I'm sure you do as well. You know, Marvel's Avengers, LOL, what a travesty. I'm seeing that. I am glad that <laughs> we are of similar minds. So I'm excited to talk about some of this. I'm going to let you run the show, though. This is your list. You're going to guide me through this, Poppy. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about what we were expecting last, well, two weeks ago, but before E3. And I don't think anything really deviated too much from that. So again, I've got this broken down chronologically because that's who I am. And let's uh, talk a minute about Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order okay. from uh, our boys at EA okay. on Saturday. Did you watch it? I watched it live. I somehow woke up at like nine in the morning. I was like, oh, oh whatever. I mean, I guess I'm up. <laughs> Might as well. So I, I popped on Twitch and put it on my TV and I sat down and I watched their little playthrough. I don't know. What, what did you think? Listen, man, I am. I'm of two minds here because I liked that they brought in like Sagarera. So there's they're continuing to to be more respectful of the canon than than you know Disney and the fucking movies. So shouts out to those devs and, and whoever wrote the story. It looks you know it looks it looks like what you'd expect with the you know the Jedi he's on the run and it's you know but it's cool we're meeting some characters we know and hopefully they're gonna be faithful and that'll be interesting to see those characters interact. But I gotta say I feel like we don't have this problem too often, but the game looked just kind of old and just not very polished. And generally it's the opposite where you get some gorgeous, you get the watchdogs, the witchers, the whatever it's super polished. It's running on their, their dev kit, you know, uh, unlocked and overclocked and yada, yada. And then you get the final version. And it's all stripped back. Spider-Man, for example, puddle gate, 2018. It just looked, it just sounds like, man, this game does not look good. And the mocap is uncanny. We talked about that last episode, but seeing more of that fucking baboon face ginger, I was not comfortable, and I do not want to play that entire game having to look at his fucking face. Yeah, I sort of had a similar sort of reaction seeing uh, Mary Jane specifically in last year's Spider-Man game. Yeah. I think they're just like some characters, there's some like attributes that um, they just can't render very well, and it makes it stand out as being weird. I sure. think it is like the fair skinned people with like red hair end up looking the worst 
because there's something with like the freckles or something that just like it doesn't look right and it ends up making them look like a weird puppet just like real life just (laughs) sure just like real life it's just a little bit creepy but I, i feel you there gameplay yeah it kind of it didn't break any expectations of mine it seemed like what they were talking about beforehand about it being more deliberate combat i feel like they kind of showed that it's always a bummer because you see these like gameplay demos and it's done by people who work on the game but somehow you're watching and you're like this person doesn't seem like they're very good at the game and sure. it's, it's frustrating it's like watching your friend who's not good at a gameplay a game like let me play this you're, you're bad at this <laughs> did did you get the sense that so the sword combat the saber combat you know it looked like what i expected it would you know as a logical progression from the Force Unleashed games, but it looked really boring and repetitive. It was the same enemy and the same, you know, flurry of attacks with the finish, and it just, I just was not moved by it. Yeah, I don't think it showed very well. There's, there's some things that they should tweak to make it seem more impactful because it does have that slow, deliberate style that something like a Dark Souls or a God of War, oh! you know, keywords, you know, like those would seem like, but those games have a much better um, sense of impact and your hits like connecting it seems more heavy whereas this was like it has that same sort of problem that i had when i was playing and then also like seeing combat from assassin's creed odyssey last year where it seemed like you're attacking with a pool noodle like nothing really felt like you're actually doing anything right and i think that because i've uh, kept up with some of the coverage after the fact and some of the people talking about playing the game, they're talking about stuff that I wouldn't really notice just by watching. I wasn't really paying attention to like the meters and stuff, but I guess enemies have a health bar and like an armor bar and you have to break the armor bar before you can deal damage to their health bar and that kind of thing. That's sort of something that you wouldn't really get a sense of unless you actually have hands on and it just didn't really show that well. So I just thought it was kind of a weird, I mean, I'm glad they actually showed gameplay because there are so many cases in this entire E3 where it was just a CG trailer or like snippets of gameplay, but you can't tell if it's gameplay because there's no HUD and it's just like a cinematic little animation thing. But so I'm glad they actually showed gameplay. But then some of the things that I'm hearing about afterwards, I'm like, oh, that would have been cool if we actually knew about that. But they couldn't show it because they only had a 15 minute little section. Right. So like I'm hearing from different people playing behind closed doors and doing the little their own demo. And apparently the setup is more open, like not open world, but like you can choose to go to planets in any order you really want to and you're getting different upgrades and like abilities and you're upgrading your drone and that's allowing you to go on different paths in different areas to so be like oh i got this upgrade so now i can go back to this doorway that was on this other planet and explore behind there and see what's back there so it seems more of like a a non-linear kind of thing where when they showed it it was just like oh this is uh you know uncharted mixed with like god of war whereas it seems like it's more like metroid mixed with Dark Souls mixed with God of War. Yeah. So the one thing that The Force Unleashed did and that really salvaged that game, I mean, it, the story was interesting and, and for the time, the combat was kind of refreshing. Not refreshing, but it was it was what combat was at the time and it doesn't hold up as well now, but but despite those reservations and having gone back and, and played it, the combat, it, well, some of it does feel clunky. You kind of forgive all of the technical issues it has you know, goofy targeting and and bad hitboxes and just like inconsistent pacing. Sometimes you feel like you're going a million miles a minute, and sometimes you feel like you're just hacking with the the same thing over and over. So it was it was all over the place. But like, you felt like a Jedi. 
regardless of what was actually going on, you always felt like you were doing something, something, you know, your powers are progressing and you're building on the things you learned and you're, you're just, you're using the force, you're throwing lightsabers, you're, you know, you felt like a Jedi and that's, that's all you have to do when you're designing a, a Jedi character. And when you look at like Battlefront and playing the clunky hero characters with lightsabers, just, oh God, it was awful. It was awful. And so, it looked kind of boring and repetitive, but I really can't judge that unless I actually get my hands on it. I will say I was stoked to see the ATAT sequence uh, where Baboon Face gets in the you know the front seat and starts piling that thing. And I'm like, I think, again, that is one spot where they could really make their mark is with some of the vehicular stuff. And, and you know, if you're flying ships and whatever, because obviously that's one of the things they did so well with uh, Titanfall. So... I don't know to what extent we'll be actually seeing that in the game, but it was in the trailer, so it leads you to believe that, hey, maybe this is something they're mindful of. So I'm sure there'll be if they showed it in the in the little demo, there's probably going to be one at least one instance of that on each of the planets, and it's going to be like a the way I saw it, it didn't look like he was actually piloting. It was like a weird little quick time event to get into the thing, and then it was walking along. Right, so it seemed like maybe it's just like a loading screen, but you know that's fine. If it's a cool if it's a cool moment, it's a cool moment. But the, the the vibe I got that separates this from maybe prior uh, action Star Wars games where you're playing as a Jedi is that those prior games, like you said, it's more of like a power fantasy. It's more of like, hey, I'm the most badass person in the room and I'm going to whip my lightsaber around and just cut everyone up. And this is more like, hey, I'm on the run. And if I succeed, then that's like the thrill of like actually succeeding. Like it seems like this is a game that would benefit from playing on like a harder difficulty and really like butting your head up against it. But once you actually break through, you're like, God damn it, I'm so fucking badass. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for from this game in particular, especially after what they showed. Yeah, and then the next day when they did the Microsoft conference, they showed more. Um, actually, the, what they showed during the Microsoft conference... That was the AT thing, right? The AT-AT thing? Right. That was the first thing I saw from this game other than the they initially released like a the trailer or whatever. Um, right, yeah. Um, and then some clips. Like a Star Wars celebration. Yeah, and then whatever clips of... of uh, on YouTube and stuff, but I first saw this and then I went back and watched the full, you know, the full thing they'd done prior at the EA thing. So dude, we got to watch the Microsoft conference together. Dude, I love watching conferences with, uh, with other people. I mean, it's so rare that I get to do it, but I got to watch two conferences this year with two different people. And that was like really fun because we get chat, we get to sort of, you know, shoot the shit while they're selling their wares up on stage. And we both get to react to, the crazy reveal of Keanu Reeves okay. popping right. out the sunglasses at the end of that cyberpunk trailer. I gotta set the stage here. I gotta say, I really enjoyed it, and I'm really sad we couldn't we couldn't watch Nintendo direct together. Part of me was like, when I was like, "Hey, are you up?" I went to to work late, right? So I was like, "Are you up?" Like, let's at least hop on Discord and watch together, or whatever. Yeah. So we're we're in your basement, okay? We're eating Taco Bell. All right, just chilling, just relaxing. I'm not. I'm not moved by anything, okay? But they show the Cyberpunk trailer. And I got to say, when they showed the Cyberpunk uh, gameplay last year, I was like, this looks fucking boring and generic and, and you know, I, I'm not interested. I know everyone's hyped because it's CD Projekt Red, whatever. It didn't move me, man. But I was watching this trailer and I said, dude, this looks really cool. I like seeing, like, what's the, what's the the in here? Like, the they set up the world a little bit more with the with all the 
the techie stuff and and the main character so character more too right and that so i was infinitely more interested and so by the end of that trailer i remember just saying dude i'm i think i'm in on this and of course you got fucking keanu before you know it's keanu right his head's it's is out of frame and i don't know why but i was like is this gonna be like liam neeson or like i knew it was gonna be some big reveal but i was like what who in the world could it be and when it was keanu bro we lost our shit it was so ridiculous. We like you were to laugh it, dude. That's my default reaction to ridiculous shit, man. It was just like fucking Keanu Reeves in this game. Like that guy is on top of the fucking world right now, man. And then, and then he rises from the fucking ground in a pillar of smoke. He just <laughs> and we're like, no, he's not. And we're just laughing our asses off, dude. And then he comes out and he's being a goddamn goober, just. CD Project Red. Or what did you say? Cyberpunk. <laughs> Dude. Oh, what a what a a ridiculous moment. Yeah, that was that was really awesome and just totally stole the show. I mean, I rode the high off of that for the next hour of that Dude, conference. I gotta say, and we'll get into the rest of the conference, but the high from that moment made me walk away saying Microsoft killed that conference and I went and signed up for fucking Games Pass. Like I I that must have been the concussion, dude. I, I was not in my right mind. You just saw Keanu Reeves. You're like, I want Game Pass now. I I, I just well, um, remind me to talk about that because I do want to talk about my experience with well, it. I want you to talk about it right now. Right now, you got Game Pass. Yeah, talk about. Okay, it right all right. Now. So Game Pass. You've been playing it. You've been doing it on your uh, actual Xbox or on your PC because my, you my, got the you got the both thing, right? You got the ultimate. Um, I did get the ultimate. Is one buck a month, but it, you know it's fifteen bucks a month after after that, but. Yeah, they showed a couple of different Game Pass related things. They said these games are coming to Game Pass. They announced the Ultimate. It's on both PC and your Xbox. And I was like, this seems like a really good deal. I For a buck, let's try it. Let's just try it. I haven't played on my PC yet. I just I haven't played anything on my PC in over a year, probably. I just don't have the time. And if I'm going to play something, it's in bed. So I play my Game Boy, my Switch, you know, you know I haven't really played PS4 since I beat Spider-Man a second time. Um, and so and that is what it is, but I was like, ah, I'll get the ultimate just in case and maybe I'll, I'll try it out, but it's been interesting. I, so I downloaded a bunch of games. I downloaded Forza and Fallout and Rocket League, of course, and Marvel versus Capcom, the, 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 the newest one I actually did got the last two, but yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll give these a go and just see. And on one hand, Nick, I feel like I see where the value is in this service especially for people who play a lot of games and someone can pay 10 or $15 a month and play probably every damn game on games pass and do that for a year or two. And they have maximized their value. But honestly, I don't, I think for me, given, you know, how much time I have to play games and the kind of games I want to play, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll try ESO out, you know, for a buck, you know, I'll try it out. Right. And it wasn't for me. I'll try Fallout. Seven, uh, or Fallout uh, 4. Eh, okay. I've mostly just used this as a $1 subscription to play Rocket League for a couple weeks on my Xbox in bed, and I'll probably cancel Games Pass after this and go back to my Switch, but I think once they get more games, because there's, there's a decent selection, but there's some of the things you would expect to be on there are not there. Like, you've got, like, I think they've got, like, Battle Block Theater, but, like, no Castle Crashers, right? It just It just seems weird. Uh, which companies decided to put which games on there. And there are a couple more examples with like bigger, bigger titles, but. And I wonder if that was because I, maybe Castle Crashers, I think it was a, 
games with gold game maybe recently so i feel like that's right and they just did the the remaster like they've got the 4k assets and stuff on the xbox one x like that was one of their their little things that they've done so i wonder if it has anything to do with that i'm not sure i haven't really kept up with that kind of stuff just because i'm not a subscriber sure but i find it interesting that the subscription caught your eye and you you ponied up the one dollar and you might even like stick around with like maybe another fifteen dollar a month or something, but yeah, catches you and you download these games that you would have never been like have any interest in otherwise. Like I can't imagine you buying a Fallout game or buying Forza. So I think the the value in that is getting people to try new things and try things that they maybe wouldn't be comfortable spending sixty dollars on or even like twenty dollars like used. Or or God forbid the archaic, you know, going to the red box and pulling out your fucking you know ps3 disc with peanut butter on it and ruining your playstation or whatever you know what i mean yeah there there's there is a, there's a lot of value there and the service is only going to continue to grow they're going to get better games and all these games they showed at e3 which which will go through you know all available same day xbox game pass and i'm like again if you're playing online games 15 bucks a month and it's like even if you play like what three online games a year and you're playing regularly Games Pass right there, like, has paid for itself between the online s- subscription for, you know, or for, uh, to actually allow you to play online or whatever. Yeah, for gold. And then the game itself, it's like three games a year and you've, you've, it's paid for itself. So it's, it's like, it, you're almost dumb not to do it if you're playing consistently. And with the more games they get and the, you know, it's just going to continue to, to go up in value. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was, like I said, I think it was the Keanu hype. I just was like, fuck yeah, let's just, I'm going to polish off the old Xbox One S and toss it in the bedroom. You're just stoked about video games. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I love it. That's the thing, man. This E3, man, again, maybe it was the concussion. I got, I was just like, I was like, yeah, video games, dude. I remember liking these. I remember having time for these. You're a better person with a head injury. Oh my goodness. Let's let's hope that I like level out. No more no more complications. No more mood changes. I'm just a more agreeable guy in good health going forward. Hell How yeah. about that? How about that? EJ Prime. <laughs> there we go. Hey, I am 27. This is my peak. If I were in the NBA, this is it's all downhill after this. It's true. Break your Terry ACL and then you're you're done for the done for the series. <laughs> Pop my Achilles, you know. Okay, there are a couple of games. That they showed. You have to walk me through this conference. They showed so much shit, dude. They showed like sixty yeah. games. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and we won't we won't talk about everything they showed. Like we're not going to talk about Scarlet really because they didn't really show anything. We're not going to talk about their X Cloud thing because that doesn't really speak to us. Sure. But I just I I jotted down a couple games that I know that you were like, oh, that's really interesting. Because anytime that you're interested in a game, I'm like, oh my god, it's never happened before, so I, I take note. What was that? What was the indie game? I don't see it on the list here, but the indie game where the guy That's is... the one I've got, yeah, it's the one I've got written down. It's like 12, oh, minutes, 12 minutes. 12 minutes something. I don't remember if that's the full name, but that's the one where it's a top-down perspective and it's a, a guy and his wife and he's stuck in this time loop and he's trying to like get out of the time loop. It's like a very small scale sort of uh, Groundhog Day kind of situation. But you're really like taken by it, and I was kind of surprised. I know that's what you said that when we were watching it. I said this looks insane. I said it looks really awesome, and you're like, like I don't understand what it is that gets you excited. It's such a crapshoot. It's it's completely random. I think. <laughs> well, so I've narrowed it down. When it comes to the type of game I like, I really like, and this is why it's the most popular genre. But it's I just want a really good third person action adventure with RPG elements. That's my game. 
It's the it's the, the horizons. Game. It's it's the er game. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's why again, that's why it's so popular because it does so many things well. And it that's just I, I want the RPG elements, but I don't want a strict RPG. It, it's either too obtuse for me or won't keep my attention long enough. Right. But I want those elements. I want the action because I want it to be quick and visceral and 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 you know I want to be like oh I'm 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 doing something I wouldn't normally be doing in the real world and that's what makes video games fun. You want the character progression, right? I want a good story, or as good a story as video games can have. Good characters, fun characters. I want to be smitten with with the world, right? A thought provoking world. And so that's why I like something like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know. But that's that's pretty much when it comes to AAA games, like that's all I really will play. And then when it comes to Nintendo stuff, like there's a wider range there, but it, you know, like games like this 12 minutes, I don't know why it sticks out to me. It's just a, looks like a small bite-sized experience, an interesting concept, a cool story. Do you play many indie games besides like the, the everyone's going to get this indie game, indie game, no, indie game, like story-based indie games or like the, the artsy kind of ones. Cause that's what this is like giving me that vibe. Like this is like inside or like fucking the unfinished swan or some bullshit like that. And it's really weird for me to see you be like excited about this because I can't imagine you playing any of those other games of that ilk, you know? I've played a couple and it just depends on, you know, if kind of hits at the right time and if people are talking about it. Like, I really play the big indies that everyone talks about, you know? Because I like that indie experience, but I'm not the guy who wants to wade through all the chaff to find the gems. It's like, tell me what the gems are and I'll play it, you know? Right, and they're they're often so well priced for like how much entertainment and how much time you spend with them like it's it's just a really smart thing to buy those games right so much value so much value you can't say no dude can't say no the other thing the other thing that i really like is like strategy games from civilization to age of empires which we saw age of empires that was sick yeah that was the the remaster they announced last year yeah maybe yeah and then we saw things like we got shit dark crystal which we'll talk about later that was during nintendo but um yeah a couple a couple tactics games yeah shown there but what i like about this is that it looks like one of those weird story-based indie games but with an element of strategy you have one or 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 a a very finite number of situations where you're trying to figure out the right you know combination of maneuvers to to beat the game and it's that tactic element mixed with the interesting concept and the and the story. I wonder if it's just the top-down perspective that gives you that tactic vibe. Because for me, it was like, oh, this is like a puzzle story game. So, so tactics not the right word because it's not, obviously nothing like a like a, ta- a turn-based tactics game, which I am obviously into with Fire Emblem and and whatever. But because those are like puzzle combat games in a sense too. But what separates those is having multiple troops and having multiple options and choices right. to get to your goal. Whereas this is more you have your one character and you have to figure out what the thing is to to solve this iteration to get you to the next iteration. And it seems like it's a pretty short game too, like maybe three or four hours. Like, right. I could see you cranking out this game in like a night. Yeah. Well, it, again, it's at, it's at a very high level that it's similar. I'm trying to think of how, how that sort of sets it apart from like a Firewatch or a Life is Strange, which... You get those vibes of like this weird story-based indie game. It's the same sort of melancholy and and whatever, but this actually looks like there's gameplay to it. Well, yeah, I think it's the time loop. It gives it a more open-ended kind of approach where you feel like you have more uh, choices about what you can do each time, whereas a lot of those other walking sim story-based like indie games are more linear in that you sort of like, I have to do this thing so I can do this thing, and then 
moving forward. And of course, there's exceptions to that rule, but I think that's what maybe is catching your eye here as yeah. opposed to what those other games offer. I'm also a sucker for a good, you know, Groundhog's Day story. You know, time travel fascinates me to no end. Got another, got another time loop game uh, we'll talk about later that maybe you'll be into, but maybe not. Maybe, but maybe not. No, yeah. So that was interesting. And, but you know what also interests me was, was it a way out? A way out was the, the two player game. Yeah. The brothers game. That intrigued me too, but I never played it. I thought it was a really cool concept, but it also reviewed like shit. So it was like not apparently worth getting. Very, very iffy reviews. Maybe not what you're looking for. But the people who did like it liked it because it was so reminiscent of like a late 80s, early 90s, super campy prison breakout adventure action drama kind of thing. Or just over the top and like a European's weird lens about Americana culture, you know? Yeah. And it had an interesting, you know, gameplay hook where it was, it was this cooperative experience but not in a traditional sense and so it was you know it was it had a good they pitched it well and had a good shtick yeah but it obviously didn't stick so the shtick didn't stick nick wow wow i tell (laughs) you there there was a lot of the indie games that we watched through where i just said okay those are more games like like good on microsoft for finally saying all right like you know people said that microsoft this was an underwhelming experience, but I'm like, guys, they came in, they announced some acquisitions, they showed nothing but gameplay, some stuff you knew about, some stuff you didn't, they teased their next project, like, they did everything right. I know people want, like, the big wow moments, right? They want it, they want some unsuspected, like, in Microsoft's case, I don't know what they would want, but they want this big, splashy moves, but I'm like, they showed everything they should have showed, I think they nailed that conference. And while we didn't have any hype moment outside of Keanu, which was awesome, but like a pretty minor thing, all things considered, I think they fucking killed that conference. I walked away from that being like, that was, that was almost flawless for them. That's exactly what they needed to do. We're, we're getting to, you know, we're middle of the year. We're looking at holiday. We're looking at 2020 and we're looking at the next gen. And they managed to get me excited for now. I mean, I signed up for Games Pass for Christ's sake. They managed to get me excited for now. They got me excited for the future. They proved that they are. You know, with Phil Spencer, they are changing their fucking tune. And they even said on stage, like Project Scarlet, like this is about the games. Kudos. I agree. This like was a good conference for Microsoft. I think it's sort of the same problem they had last year, which what do you remember that they announced or what was like the highlight of last year's Microsoft conference? Like we both watched it, right? It's kind of un- it's it's kind of forgettable. Like and by the time next year's conference comes around, they're going to be talking about the same hype things in that year's conference. This is like a, it's like a stopgap where, you know, they had to talk about Halo, but they didn't say anything about Halo. They talked about Gears, but they didn't make us care about Gears. They didn't show anything for, that was for Gears fans that had been massively disappointing. They didn't show anything besides a cutscene. Isn't that game right around the corner? Yeah, it's coming out uh, September, I think, but they're going to be showing more another time. They showed gameplay last year, so they, they highlighted a new multiplayer version this year, and they had that weird little cutscene with Billy Eilish fucking doing her thing that was that was uh, a cool song though i like the little cutscene. Yeah, yeah yeah sure you know it's her and her weird neck ghosts <laughs> it was vibey dude but yeah i mean it was just like they highlighted a bunch of small games which you know props for microsoft for doing that but they kind of have to because all their studios that they've acquired they aren't ready to put out their like new games yet yeah they're still working on old games or they have games coming out that they aren't actually publishing so like they bought double fine but Psychonauts 2 is going to be another platform, so that's not like a huge win for Microsoft yet. Sure. And also, like that studio, they 
they take fucking forever to do anything. So I don't even know if that's going to be like worth it for them. Like I'm glad that they're, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and saying, Hey, we need more good exclusives. We need the games and they're paying for that, but they haven't really shown it yet. And this year is kind of like not disappointing because I didn't have any expectations that they're going to be showing off all these fantastic new Xbox exclusives, but I can understand why people are like, ah, they just did the same thing. They did the thing they did last year. They kind of did the same thing they did the year before that. I mean, they announced, uh, was a project Scorpio in a 2017 right put that out that year you know so it's just like oh, well, cool scarlet whatever well, x cloud whatever it's funny people have those expectations and they're like oh that was disappointing sony didn't even fucking show up and some might call it a smart move but it's like and i guess if you have nothing to show you have nothing to show but like if microsoft didn't show up this year what would we really be missing out on like this year's conference was like a it was a huge commercial for cyberpunk yeah and like Game Pass, and it got you to buy a Game Pass, and it got you interested in Cyberpunk. So like, it did its job sure. in like a marketing sense. But as far as like, I don't know, showing off what's to what's to be excited for in the future, I don't know. If like, I, I I still think that people should be showing up to E3. Like, if Sony showed up to E3, they could show off a bunch of cool indie games and like talk about what's happening next with Ghost of Tsushima. So show some more gameplay of that. Maybe talk about Last of Us Two. But at the same time, I understand like they already showed it. They're not ready to talk about the next console, so they're not going to talk about that. Yeah. They can easily do that on their own time. That's like up to them. I would just prefer it to be at E3 because I like the compare and contrast. But that's my perspective. I'm not a marketer. I'm not seeing the the numbers. I'm not seeing how beneficial it actually is to show up in LA for a week and like spend a shit ton of money to the ESA to have the privilege to be at the LA Convention Center. Well, it certainly would have been more concerning if Microsoft had ditched E3. So again, they came in, they did exactly what they had to do. Sony can afford to be like, fuck it, we got nothing to show you because it's literally the end of the console generation. There's nothing to show. And they're so far ahead, they don't have to garner more goodwill. They have 90 million install base. Right. And so, you know, and I prefer it that way. Honestly, I prefer to be like, all right, here's the next gen. It is going to be a proper generation. It's backwards compatible, but... You know, it's gonna. We're gonna take the graphics to the next level, the frame rate to the next level, the resolution to the next level, and we're gonna actually launch good games with it. We're not gonna release all of our best games the last six months of this dying console. We're gonna wait and give you a great experience to launch the console and and usher in a new era instead of like here's Assassin's Creed port and fucking three shitty AAA games or double A games, I guess you'd say that are on both generations and every other console. Like, I, don't fucking do that again. I don't need a fuse. Rise, son of Rome. Right, like fuck. <laughs> the next game that got me hyped, dude. Lego Star Wars. And I don't know if people know this, but I love Star Wars, Nick. Oh, really? I love it so much that I hate it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I should say I loved it so much, and then Disney came in and got their grubby little, uh, uh, little mouse mitts all over it. I have a very special place in my heart for Lego Star Wars. I replay that game probably every two years. Always try to go into it saying, oh, I'm going to 100% it and never end up quite finishing it. But having a blast with it. It's a huge part of my childhood. Me and my brother growing up and you know playing co-op on Lego. And it's like the classic Lego game. Lego games are still as popular as ever. I played some of the newer ones, you know, the, the Marvel superhero ones and whatever, Jurassic Park. But they're just not the same. They got voice acting now and the split screen's all weird. And, and some of them gone to this weird faux open world thing. And I just, just that classic 
3D puzzle platformer with a little dose of some simple action combat. Like Lego Star Wars was was in my eyes the pinnacle of that era of Lego games. So it was it was cool to uh, to see this announced. Yeah, I was going to ask if you'd followed with uh, if you followed up with any of the the sort of information following E3. All I saw post E3 was that it will indeed have voice acting, which was kind of disappointing. Really? I thought that was sort of implied that it was going to be like the weird little grunts and noises. No, 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 no. Not the, not the grunts and, and noises. Voice acting. Pro- yeah. Proper, which which like the Marvel games had. Well, like originally they had just like little noises and then they started like right. pulling audio clips from the movies. Like they wouldn't get the actual actors in to record new lines. They would just like, here's a line of. Han saying, you know, Chewie, we're home, and that's they just drag and drop that in the game. See, I don't I don't recall there being any actual lines. They only took it was literally only grunts and sound effects. There were no there were no words. Um you got Yoda going, and that was pretty much it. And you know, Chewbacca. What more could you possibly need? Right. <laughs> I'm disappointed by that. The voice acting I I think takes away from the charm. You know, the the grunts and the and the sign language and the funny the miming like that's part of the charm of those games of retelling the story that you've read watched played a thousand times in a a cute new way you know i love video games with gibberish language like animal crossing star fox the sims banjo kazooie like that's all that's what you need you just need some like and then like you read the text that's all you need voice acting is always bad it's always bad it's always too slow or like too it's it's not good. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. So but hey, I'm gonna buy the game, the Skywalker saga. I'll be very interested to see how they retell those first six movies. Uh, you know, and or if it's just gonna be like a they say it's all new, but is it just really gonna be like a weird port with some new cutscenes? I wonder, yeah, because it seems like it's not f- fixed perspective anymore. Like you have control over the camera. The camera's like over the shoulder kind of style. So I would, I don't know how much of those assets they can really keep. I'm sure they'll keep like a similar design to make it like reminiscent, but they'll like add more secrets and all that kind of stuff. It's coming out next year. They've they haven't put out a game in a little bit, haven't they? I don't remember. I mean, I don't keep track of Lego games, so right. it's hard for me to tell. They put out uh, Force Awakens, which you know right after the Force Awakens, but that was a while ago. So <laughs> that was what like 2015 now. Jesus Christ, that was four years ago. I can't believe the third Star Wars movie comes out in five months. That's insane. Six months. That's yeah. crazy. It's insane. Yeah. The next game on the list, you're going to have to tell me about because I was disappointed by what I saw. I don't think there's any way they'd be able to sell you on another FromSoft game. You're not into those games. But Elden Ring, they showed a little tone piece cutscene CG trailer, which wasn't what made me excited. I'm just excited that they're making another game. And it seems like like I, I copy and paste a little uh, interview quote from Miyazaki's directing and it just seems like, yeah, we know what we're good at. We're good at like combat and like these big boss fights and stuff. Like he specifically said, yeah, we're not doing like towns or NPCs because we're not good at that. We're good at combat and we're good at creating these cool settings. And it seems like this is more vast, more spread out. So some of the leaks were talking about like horse riding, maybe some like horseback combat or something like that. But that's going to be a way to traverse. Yeah, it's a just another third person action RPG with that from soft sense of dread and terrifying combat encounters that anybody can kill you. And I'm ready for that. I'm into it. I still haven't played Sekiro. I will get it. That shocks me. It's just a, it so many me. games, dude. There's so many games. What do you think the reaction to this would have been had it not leaked 
that FromSoft and George R. R. Martin were going to be doing a game together. People would be super stoked. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't think that fan base is like put out by it being leaked. Like it just moved their excitement up a couple weeks, you know? Sure. Everyone wants this game. Everybody wants another FromSoft game. Right. I don't think it would just be like surprising and like hype. Like if we knew that Banjo is coming to Smash the day before, we would be hyped then as opposed to when we're watching the Direct. Sure. And that's kind of the way I, I sort of look at it from the Microsoft conference. But it's so much so much more enjoyable to to find out during the, the press conference with the hype moment and get on Twitter and everyone's getting excited at the same time. Like there's something to be said for the experience, you know? I'm sure FromSoft is super pissed that Bandai Namco just had that on their website with like no passwords or anything to access the information. Oh yeah. They just published it too soon. That's like, that's a bummer. That sucks, but that's like totally their fault. That's not some like insider or like someone being mad at the company deciding to ruin it for everybody else. It's just a, a big dumb mistake. Yeah. So it is. Last thing you have on here is Fantasy Star, which again doesn't move me, but I know you're a sucker, dude, for JRPGs. Yeah. And it's um pretty much the archi- it's the prototypical version of what Destiny is today. It's like it's not an MMO. It is like an instance based, hey, we're gonna do this raid, we're gonna do this encounter. We're hanging out in a hub world and then we're going to do the thing. At least that's the original PSO was. And I played that like quite a bit. That was like a huge game that I played for like a summer, like two summers. And Fantasy Star Online 2 came out, I think in Japan only, maybe somewhere else in Southeast Asia, but it came out like in 2012. And they said, yeah, we're going to bring it west, like in 2013 or something. And they just said that, you know, six years ago, and they just never did anything about it. But Microsoft decided to drag Sega off their asses and say, hey, bring it out west it's not going to be xbox exclusive or anything it'll probably be a pc and ps4 it's on switch as like a streaming game similar to how assassin's creed and resident evil 7 are but i don't know if that would work on the switch in the in america because our internet infrastructure is so much worse or if they would even do the work to actually down res and port it to a handheld right but it's a dude i loved fantasy star online back on the pc i didn't play the dreamcast version but I would be interested to go back to that kind of world because it is a really cool kind of cyber, not cyberpunk, but this like weird fantasy with like neon lights and technology and stuff. And that was the first time I'd ever seen that sort of marriage of like a sci-fi with like a high fantasy magic and whatever science is doing with it, you know? Yeah. Robots and magic, you know, that's like a cool thing and it's super prevalent now, but that was like the first time I'd ever had any interaction with it. Sure. And there's a huge fan base for this. I know there's a, a, a dedicated, very dedicated base for, for this sort of thing. And specifically fantasy star, which is, you know, that it goes back to the master system, you know? Yeah. Very important, uh, OG franchise. So, and it shows Microsoft is still really trying to somehow get, like get Japan to care. <laughs> and right. that's probably their biggest weakness is not being able to get Japan to care. But maybe with their streaming service, they can they can get some of their games into Japanese players' hands because of mobile gaming is so big there. Yeah, uh, you look back to the original Xbox; they were recording Japanese developers then, with like Ninja Gaiden being a console exclusive, or even up to the 360 when they got stuff like Blue Dragon and Final Fantasy 13. Like they really tried, and they have not succeeded yet. They probably never will, but good on them for continuing to try. Dude, let's blow through the next couple because I really just want to talk Nintendo. Yeah, I just wanted to like clue you in on Bethesda and Ubisoft and Square because you didn't watch it, but I watched them because 
I'm that kind of guy. I watch all the conferences. I did not watch Bethesda, Ubisoft, or Square Enix. I was not available to. I followed along some of it on Twitter. I saw the general scuttlebutt, you know, but I don't know too much and I don't care too much because there wasn't, you know, Bethesda. It was like, what do I care about? I care about Elder Scrolls. You know, were there any cool ports for, for the Switch? Probably not. Okay, don't care. Unless you count Elder Scrolls Blades as a cool port. Well, I said there's no cool ports coming to the Switch, is there? <laughs> Bethesda, yeah, they had like a weird focus on like some mobile games. They trotted out Todd Howard to be like, kind of apologize, but not really for Fallout 76 and be like, don't worry, guys, we're actually making it good. Keep keep an eye on it. Here's the Battle Royale. You can play it for free this weekend. Super funny. A lot of, like they showed, I think, a three-minute CGI trailer cutscene thing for Elder Scrolls Online. And I don't know why they did that. It wasn't going to, it's not bringing new people in. It's following a storyline that new people would have no idea what it is. And the dedicated fan base probably already saw it in the game or would see it in the game in like a week. This is weird. And Bethesda was super funny too. A lot of people were complaining about this online, but it was super bad because they had mics in like the front row of the crowd. So every time people were talking, there would just be people going, woo, yeah, woo. And they would stop talking, <laughs> be like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed that these the crowd's going wild. It's like, but it's like six people in the front row and they're all employees of Bethesda. Right. So it was just made the, the this press conference drag on because they'd be like, hi, my name is Christian Phillips and I'm the lead producer of Elder Scrolls Online. It's like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Who cares? Bro, this is like a classic example of like when you have nothing to show, but you have to do a press conference anyway. They didn't have to do a press conference. They chose to do this. Have to in quotes. And they, they brought two new games, which would have been cool if they didn't only show CGI like trailers. It was all just CGI. One of the games was Deathloop which is from Arcane, the same guys who did Dishonored, Prey, and they're doing this uh, game where you play as this assassin who is trying to kill this other assassin, but they're stuck in like a time loop on this like weird island and had a really, really, really cool aesthetic. I would call it cyberfunk because it was like, it was like cyberpunk, but it was like a 70s aesthetic with like the cool kind of that sort of vibe, you know, like the disco kind of, you know, that kind of shit. But that would have been cool, but they didn't show any gameplay. We have no idea what the gameplay is. And they just talked about, it was just a tone piece showing. And the game's probably going to come out end of next year, I would guess. Okay. And then they showed another game from, um, was it uh, Tango? The people who do the, uh, not Dying Light, fucking Dead by something. The, the It has Shinji Mikami who did Resident Evil. Uh, Evil Within, that's what it is. Ah, okay. So they did those two games, and now they're doing a more action-based game. It's called Ghostwire Tokyo. And they showed a CG trailer, which, god damn it! But uh, apparently, it's it's more of an action kind of game. They showed a, your character is like this guy in like modern day Tokyo. He's this really cool like streetwear kind of getup, really cool fashion sense with like a hood up and like a mask, and he's got a samurai sword, and he's like killing these people with like oni masks on, and people are being like raptured, like people are disappearing and their clothes are falling down. It was like a really cool tone piece, but. CG trailer, you know, they get so excited about that, but it seems like a cool, because they're more, they've done more like survival horror kind of stuff, and this seems more like a action horror, mm. which is kind of tight. Well, okay. But that was pretty much all Bethesda. They showed like some 
Commander Keen is back, baby, and he's a free-to-play mobile game to steal money from your kids. Okay. Who the fuck is Whatever. that? All right. LMAO, you say? Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, here at Bethesda, we love mobile games just as much as you do. <laughs> Wrong audience, big dogs. <laughs> Wrong yeah. audience. But then the, fr- the front row, woo, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go watch that now, just for that. Yeah, it was rough. And they showed like a ton of gameplay for Doom Eternal, which finally showed some gameplay. Cool. Doom. But, it's like, Doom. Yeah. People are going to love that game. Yep. I probably won't play it. So you bought the first one only because you needed a another slim red case on your Switch shelf. Bro. Switch shelf. Red on the cover. Matches that Switch logo oh, on the top left. Oh, baby. It's pretty fucking sick, dude. Pretty there fucking sick, dude. All right. Next day, okay. we got Ubisoft. I literally couldn't care less about anything on this list. Yeah, they showed their AAA games for the, the next year, which were Watch Dogs 3 and uh, <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Watch Dogs Legion, excuse me. Did you watch any of the gameplay stuff for that? I did not. It's kind of interesting. No. So you don't play as like a fixed character. You can recruit any of the NPCs in the world to be playable characters, and you do like a little mission, basically, uh, er- like earning their trust, like winning them over to your cause. And then they all have like different abilities. Like, oh, this guy is like really good at fighting. This guy, this like girl's really good at hacking. So she's like a she's a hacker. You got people who have better parkour abilities. This guy is really good at like flying drones. So it's like you pick out your crew and then you go through the game with like that set of people. And if anybody dies, it's like permadeath. So you lose that character. You got to recruit somebody else. So it seems. Seems like there's a kind of cool tactical kind of bent to it. And you can even play as little old ladies. And it showed some gameplay of this little old lady, like not parkouring, but sort of like the way you or I would go over a little fence where you go on your belly and you kind of shuffle, shuffle your feet over. And this little old lady, like pistol whips of a dude in the yeah. face. Very yeah. entertaining. Give me some good gameplay, little gifts of that floating around when that comes out. But it's a little bit more set in the future. Like it's more dystopian, like 2020, like, 2030 you know they talk about it being in london it's like post brexit everything's gone to shit here's some politic buzzwords that you may have heard of you may fucking hacking you know whatever just par for the course this is just it's stuff but yeah no 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 moment no and again maybe maybe i am looking at like microsoft through a different lens because microsoft had so much to prove and to come back from so i look at them through a different lens because I look at Bethesda and Ubisoft and, and Square I'm like I just don't it's just nothing there's nothing of consequence here it's just I guess it's what you had to do but who fucking cares yeah Ubisoft seem like they're kind of coasting kind of putting out the last big games they want for this generation they'll probably have more to announce next year when hardware is more revealed and more known about get that big push 20, 2020 is going to be a big year for E3 I think Um, yeah they showed more like Tom Clancy stuff. It showed that rollerblading online sports game, roller sports ball, PC, whatever. Sure, sure. Um, then like updates for the games that are currently out, like uh, Siege and Division 2 and Assassin's Creed. And then they showed like at the very end, this tiny little like teaser trailer basically for a game called Gods and Monsters, which is apparently the team from um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They wanted to make a game similar to that, but with less of the Assassin's Creed kind of baggage tied into it. So this is more of like a cutesy sort of, it looks like fucking Fortnite, but a little bit yeah. like Breath of the Wild. Sure. 
and you're just going around slaying some harpies and shit. But they didn't show much. It was like literally a minute and a half, and it's supposed to come out next year, but I don't remember if they had like a release date or anything. It's like early 2020. I don't know when they'll talk about more. They could just drop a trailer on Twitter. February 25th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. But that's going to be all consoles. So. That looks fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. I, I play that on the Switch in a heartbeat. $30 game. Yeah. I, that's Again, just like here, here's something fun it's and flashy. It's not going to be a $30 game. Sorry, bud. No, you're right. Should be probably, but. Eh, probably. Anyway. A lot of games should be $30 games, but. You want that cute little switch case? Give me a 60 second rundown of everything in the Squeenix conference that I can just get to shitting on Avengers as soon as possible, all right? Well, I just want to say that they showed so they showed some stuff for Final Fantasy 7 recently at that uh PlayStation State of Play. And they showed more uh at their E3 conference, which they actually did like a live show. They were actually on stage. They brought out like Nomura and uh the other guy, I can't remember his name, but they they brought out like directors and they had like a live translator and they had a p- guy like walking through gameplay talking about, hey, here's what you're doing. You're, you're mashing square to hit the dude and you get ATB points and you get to the active time battle. You like freeze time and you choose your spells and you spent up your your points and you got your materia and you're hitting all the, you're doing the things. You're switching between characters. Here's Barry. He's shooting with his gun. You got Tifa. She's punching with her fists. You got Aerith. She's got some like healing abilities and maybe a summon. They didn't show any summons, but it was like, yeah, here's Final Fantasy VII. Here's those tunes reorchestrated, super hype, and they, I don't know, it showed really, really well. It actually made me want to actually play this game. Okay. The only worry is that it's still sectioned up, and they haven't gone into more detail about how many games there are going to be, because this game is only in Midgar, which is like the opening city from Final Fantasy VII, and that's like maybe a fifth of the game. That's awful. That's a terrible, terrible so, thing they're what, doing. No, it's fine. Ugh. Why is that terrible? It's, you don't give a shit. You're not gonna play this game either way. So fuck off. It's, no, it's, it's terrible. Why is it terrible? And we talk about this. We've seen it with every other release. The first episode will get a ton of attention, and then no one gives a fuck afterward. And that's if that's even if they actually develop this thing properly, and they actually have like, okay, we're gonna do three or five episodes or games or whatever, and they're actually all complete and and engaging and actually wrap up in a satisfying way. Like even if they do everything right. It's still gonna fucking sell like shit because that's just the way these fucking games go. Like, why would they do this? Just wait another year and release a full fucking game. Just quit trying to okay. change the way things work. I totally agree. I thought you were talking about it's terrible that they're only doing Midgar. But yes, it is terrible that they're doing this in sections because they have not proven that they have any capability of doing that, especially since they canceled two out of the four or three of the four DLC things for Final Fantasy 15. Yep. And that was also internally developed. So they have not shown a good track record for that. I don't believe they have the ability to crank these out in a reasonable pace. What is it? Their weird little indie game that they publish with like the teen saying hella. They put out those like the, those episodes every like f- six months. It's like no one's going to give a shit about this episode six months later. That's way right. too long. Yeah. It's got to be, you have to have a very set release schedule there's no benefit to putting out a game in that way. You're not going to like increase people, like people's desire to play the game. You're not going to increase people's coverage of the game just because you add more content a month later. There are a million of like multiplayer games that are doing that, that also aren't getting coverage, but they have people playing them because it's always different when you're playing online against other people. So people are going to keep playing Fortnite, not because they keep up, keep putting out updates and people are talking about it, but because they keep putting out updates and they keep playing it. You can't, keep playing a story game that's the same fucking story every time I, again I, i've never played a final fantasy game 
outside of, you know, maybe an hour of, you know, of a given game. And I just, I'm sure there are people excited for this, but it's not for you. It's anime stuff. You're not into that. Not into it at all. But yeah, they showed more like remakes and stuff. They're finally putting out a remaster of Final Fantasy VIII. So the 10 people who are stoked about that can finally shut up on the internet. Um, but then they showed Marvel's Avengers. And they told us last week that they'd be showing us this. And boy, they showed us a bunch of cutscenes. And they showed that they don't know how to create a good looking character model. And they showed that they know to say no loot boxes, but there's going to be microtransactions and I'll play with your friends, but you have to play with your friends. Like what is this game? <laughs> and also there was leaked, uh, leaked footage of the gameplay. I haven't watched it yet, but there it is out there. I haven't watched the leaked footage, but I did see, I mean, you could tell where the gameplay was in that trailer. They interspersed. Know, could you? You could, because it was, it was that classic, you know, over the shoulder angle and it was clearly not the 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 cutscenes where you know. But a lot of that looked like canned animations. It's like, is it is it gameplay? If you show the scene of like Kratos lifting up a log so him and Atreus can go underneath it, that's not gameplay. That's you pressing a button and that thing happens. Fair. I'm gonna take a quick look the at the All the stuff they leaks. showed was like that, where it's like Hulk jumping over that little chasm in the bridge, or Black Widow riding that dude on the those little cool jetpack or whatever. I will say the the gameplay looks interesting enough, and I think. There might be something here. Obviously, unless you actually kind of play it and and or get a breakdown of some of the systems, this could feel like shit. But it looks interesting. It looks frenetic. It certainly looks like better than what the fucking trailer showed us. But I don't have a problem with the character models necessarily. Okay, it looked like a game. They just look bad. I can't tell the difference between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Here's the difference. They both look no, like the same dude. No, they don't. Come on, listen. They really do. I'm literally Tony looking Stark at it right now. He's not even, doesn't even have a goatee. Yes, he fucking does. <laughs> You're you're misremember. I'm looking at a picture right now, but let me tell you. Let me tell you. Black Widow looks more like Tony Stark than Tony Stark does. Dude, they all have the same jawline. I gotta send you this fucking picture. They literally <laughs> you are high on drugs. I'm sending you this picture right now. Also, Thor looks like a like a bootleg Clancy Brown. <laughs> I don't know who Clancy Brown is. He's the voice actor for um Mr. Krabs. Oh god, okay. That's not a goatee. He has a beard. That's just a beard. Okay, whatever. Listen, the problem with this, and I quickly identified it, it is not that these character models necessarily look bad or that the the mocap is weird or whatever. The problem is we're coming off of 10 years of these characters being the most iconic fucking characters in pop culture, period, bar none. And this looks like a shitty fucking like mega blocks to Lego sort of disparity. We're looking at the freaking bootleg. We're looking at the freaking you know, the, this is like a shitty Bollywood interpretation of the Avengers. Like, it looks fucking knockoff because it is. They're doing an Avengers game. You either need to pony up and get the likenesses for the actors or you need to pick different fucking Avengers and make your own Avengers game. See, I don't agree because I didn't have any problem with, maybe it's because there's been three different Spider-Mans, but I didn't have any problem with, with Spider-Man looking like that guy. Because he just looked like a guy. He looked like a good Peter Parker. And he sold it through like the voice acting and like the scenes that they had. And I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with these characters not having the same likeness. I've heard that said over and over again. As, I, like, a defense. I think it is. These characters just look bad. Captain America looks like he's 60 years old. Yeah, he looks a little old. I agree. Black Widow looks like a man. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't disagree. This picture. Like, it, but Bruce Banner looks like John Stamos. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Banner looks fucking fine. He looks like, I don't know. He looks more like the Edward Norton banner for sure but you know i think it is though because 
Like, if you think, who's, who is Spider-Man? Who's the definitive Spider-Man? There's no answer. Some people love the Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Some people like Andrew Garfield because he was a really charismatic Spider-Man. Tom Holland is a good kind of catch-all, but he's not particularly, you know, standout. And his movies are, the movies are fine, but again, there's no definitive Spider-Man. RDJ is Iron Man. He will always be Iron Man because they took a, a C-list character and he made him a well, fucking A-list. he was A-list. Iron Man because he was so remnant. He was like, he perfectly captured what we knew from like the cartoons and from the comics. And we haven't seen that established with this character yet, but he just looks dumb. He doesn't have the goatee. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a comic book character. Uh, Captain America doesn't look like Captain America. And it seems like they're trying to like pull, like Thor's costume looks like Thor's costume from Avengers 1. They could have done any other costume. If they wanted to make it their own, they could have done what Spider-Man did and like make it their own. But they they aren't. They're like trying to walk that line, and that's gonna that's going to invite comparison. But they have to make their characters look good too. Yeah, and I don't think they look good. No, I mean I don't think they look particularly bad. I think part of it's just a shock of this is not this looks fucking like a shitty knockoff game. I, I'm not interested in this. The voice acting was bad. I am not I am not interested in this at all. I don't know. It just it didn't. I'm sure once the uh, official gameplay comes out and okay, but then they have the whole a day thing or fucking what's his face dies. I'm just like, do we fucking care about this? It was, it was very rushed. It was like, we're trying to make you care about this universe without like, you're trying to make us care about this character death without making us care about the character or even the characters that care about that character. Like these are just a bunch of randoms that I, I don't have any attachment to at this point. And they don't show any like real gameplay. They have it like interspersed with a bunch of cutscenes and crap and it's just poorly edited montage. And that doesn't give me a vibe of what I'm actually going to be doing. Especially for a game that's coming out in May next year, apparently. Like Ugh. less than 12 months away. Not excited. Not excited. Uh, it, it. I'm glad we both agree that uh, it didn't look particularly great. But No, it looks like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's fucking talk Nintendo because this is the, this is the, uh, you know, the bread and butter. Nintendo absolutely crushed E3 this year. Hell yeah. You know, I don't even know where to begin. I guess we'll go in order with your, with your list here. Well, I didn't put it in any sort of order. I just kept adding random crap. Shit. I, should we get a should we look at a, a breakdown and actually go bit by bit here? Or? If you want, I can open up their cuz they actually are really good about timestamping their videos. So I can crack that open right now. Yeah, I want to know what order we did things in. No, we won't talk about everything, but I just want to make sure we don't miss anything important cuz I'm I'm certainly liable to Ah, fuck, they didn't timestamp it. Son of a bitch. But I know they opened with, um, yeah, someone timestamped it. Smash DLC with uh, the Dragon Quest hero. I thought that was, it's cool that Dragon Quest is getting representation in Smash Bros. Because it is an RPG series that's been going on for 30 plus years. Yep. And the Japanese always fucking love it. And they even got like four different characters as like different character models, similar to how Bowser Jr. works or how Olimar works. That is really so cool. I thought that was really cool. And getting like the music remix is going to be awesome. I love the music in the Dragon Quest games. And I'm really excited for Dragon Quest XI, actually. So they showed that right after that. And that's a game that they finally put a release date on. It's coming a week after Link's Awakening. So I'll definitely have that beaten at 100% by then. Easy peasy. Easy. <laughs> we got we got Doug Bowser finally talking in Nintendo Direct. It was just a cornball little Bowser joke, which was like a little bit too much of the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. But... It was cute. It was fine. It was whatever. It wasn't, I'm Reggie and I'm here to kick ass and take names, but it was a, a final uh, introduction to our new person that we complained to from other three news. He certainly it was not Reggie. He, he seems like a very corporate, 
rigid sort of. Nah, dude, he's a total goob. He's Mark Rosewater, but at Nintendo. No, no, Mark Rosewater is the next level fucking weirdo. Come on. Yeah, you're right. I, I used that was hyperbole. Okay, that was okay. hyperbole. <laughs> Allow me this one. Yeah, there's so there's just so much here. We just mentioned three. Uh, did you play Dark Moon? No, the first one. No, we Ouija's Mansion did not necessarily movie. They showed new new mechanics and and they showed gameplay and had a big uh, uh, thing on the showroom floor. We, we actually went into Luigi's Mansion and it's like, okay, cool. They're really hyping this game up, but this game is probably going to sell as well as it did on the GameCube. This is one of the top 10 best-selling games on GameCube, I believe. Then they showed Dark Crystal Tactics with the, the longest name in the history of the world. It's like Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal Something of Something Tactics for Switch. <laughs> dot com dot com and now it's even funnier because there's two netflix games on the switch but there's no netflix isn't that fucking funny dude i how do we not have netflix on the switch yet what is up with that it's ridiculous the legend of zelda links awakening adorable little game i really can't wait to play this it looks like and i know i've i have my beef with like uh, a link to the past for example which this is essentially into the past light but it's more bite size it's it's a little less like sprawling without direction like i'd be curious to see what, what a link to the past remake looks like with like some modern mechanics and some you know a little more direction because that game was just so you literally had to have a guide to beat it or you had to spend like 200 hours just wandering and hope you went in the right order like it's such a obtuse thing i was fine with the setup of uh of a uh, link to the past i thought it was it was playable by today's standards. I just didn't like the uh, hitbox on the sword. Sure. And I thought the trees looked ugly. It had a very, some of the sprites looked good, but a lot of the sprites looked like trash. So I don't have that kind of um, nostalgia for it. Yeah. And like every game afterwards has used the same music, but it all sounds better than that game. So I can't, I can't even be like stoked about the music really. But for Link's Awakening, I'm really happy because it is, like you said, it's a more bite-sized game. You could probably finish this game in like 10 hours if you just like go through it which I will, but I love the dungeon design and it has a really, really good pacing and a good difficulty curve where as you get further and further in the game, the dungeons get a little bit more complex. They get a little bit more, you have to pay better attention to like where you are relative to other rooms, that kind of stuff. So I'm super pumped for this game. And they showed a new little thing where you're collecting these like dungeon rooms and then you put them together as like a, a puzzle maze sort of situation. And then you go in there and you finish the dungeon and you are rewarded with like stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. That's just like a, a cool little thing. I feel like it's sort of them playing around with the idea of a Zelda maker akin to Mario maker, but it's just room by room, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're, we're that much closer to having a, a Zelda dungeon standalone creator that doesn't implement online or any other modern amenity that a game should have. Yay. That's fine. It's a little it's a little side thing, which I'm I'm happy about. And it's coming out so soon. It's September twentieth. Yeah. That's not soon enough, man. This is this this be a great game to just like kick back, like door open, fan going, slight breeze, you know, summer day, just kick back on a weekend and end of September. Still gonna be pretty warm. That's true. That's true. We go to the beach around then. Hey. Right? Oh, buddy. I do have it booked. Listen, I have it booked and paid for for the sixth through the eighth this year. But I forgot I'm going to see Iron Maiden on the 6th. So I got to see about like, I got to fucking Push figure it back out my two shit. weeks, bud. <laughs> I'm thinking I might have to do that. Oh, we'll see. I have to call her. Anyway, I, I'm excited for this game just because it's like, all right, I could use a little bite-sized Zelda in my life. Some good music, some easy combat, you know, hopefully a couple of light puzzles. And the aesthetic is outrageous. It is adorable. It's the best looking top-down Zelda game since Minish Cap. 
Manish Cat, dude, underrated game, underrated aesthetic. Underrated, but also one of the not greatest top sure. 10 Zeldas. Sure. Better than the, the, the DS ones. Oh, but, yeah. The weird one. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really uh, interested in Link Between Worlds, despite everyone getting a huge boner about that being the sequel to Link Between or Link to the Past. Um, after that, they showed Trials of Mana, which nobody knew what that was until they said Collection of Mana is finally coming west. With a first-time English translation of Second Dead Setsu 3, which is the sequel to Secret of Mana. So I'm confused here because I know they put out a remake, a fully 3D remake of Secret of Mana. Last two years ago, maybe? On like PS4 and stuff? But I didn't think it came west, did it? Did it come west? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it totally did. So I thought it was like, like really bad English VA and stuff. Right. So I was like, oh, is that what this is? Or is this like a, the trilogy remade? Oh, no. It's literally, they're just ports and one's a translation. Okay. Cool that it was available that day. But it was yeah, it but, was confusing. Yeah, it was weird because they announced Trials of Mana first and nobody knew what that was because there wasn't an English name for that game yet. And then they announced later that the trilogy was getting a remake or, you know, getting a port basically. And the third game in that series, which was Seiken Detsetsu in Japan, is being called Trials of Mana here. So now we know that Trials of Mana, which was announced before, is a remake of Seiken Detsetsu 3. Okay. That's coming out next year. Oy, but it looks like more of like a, an actual like 3D action adventure, more akin to like what a 3D Zelda would be, as yeah. opposed to the remake of Secret of Mana, which was like a top-down, keeping it that style. Sure. But then also looking really bad and sounding really bad and kind of being a turnoff in most ways. Yeah. After that, they showed The Witcher 3. Okay. All right. This was leaked. This was rumored. It was on all these digital platforms for pre-order and then it was taken down. There is a less than 0% chance, if that's possible, that this game is going to look good, run good, be good at all. I know it's a, a little bit older now, four years old or whatever, but there's no way this is going to run on the Switch in an acceptable fashion. This is going to melt Switches, man. This is just not... I just can't see how this is going to be a, a, a worthy port of a really great game. And, the, and the, you know what? The team porting it, you know what else they've fucking done? NBA Street Jam or whatever the fuck that terrible fucking... What was that? NBA? Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, my it God. Or is it Saber? I get those two studios mixed up a lot. They do a lot of like... Uh, grunt work they do a lot of work for hire yeah it's a weird choice it's still really cool that a game as big and as renowned as the witcher 3 is coming to the switch like i won't get it but it's really cool that it's there listen you know like it's the it's the principle of the matter i wish you would give that game a try because everything about that I game did give is, it a try it, it bounced <sighs> off me man you gotta try it bounced off me at first and then i finally the combat especially depending on what difficulty you play it's it's not just like making the numbers bigger. Like depending on the difficulty, it actually changes like what is important about the combat and how you interact with the the systems. Like the combat is brilliant in that game, and I'm shocked that it doesn't work for you, given your affinity for like the Souls games. They're different, but everything in in in, in the Geralt's voice acting is hilarious. But like, I mean, the side quests matter so much, and the the characters are so interesting, and the story is is compelling enough, and the world is like so rich. I am just shocked that this game doesn't work for you. It worked enough for me to interest me to read like three or four of the books. And that was it. Very different experiences. That's for sure. But Probably. hey, you know, okay. They're, they're bringing to the Switch. 
I, I hope it works, but I have no faith looking at the companies porting it, looking at how early info is pointing to it being 720 docked with adaptive resolution and 540 handheld with adaptive resolu- resolution. That, that's fine. Which can look okay depending on how it all is like done. And like, because there's, there's more than just the resolution. It's the, it's like the, the LOD, it's the draw distance, it's the lighting models, it's the texture, it's everything. Yeah. It's if the HUD is actually a good resolution too. That does a lot to like trick your mind into thinking that everything is like looks good and cohesive. So they, I, it could be, it could be good. It I could be fine. I would buy this game if they got rid of the minimap and introduced waypoints like they do in Skyrim with a little compass. I would buy it on this platform just for that. It's got all the DLC and the physical version has everything on the cart. And there's like no additional downloads. I mean, good for CD Projekt Red for like continuing their consumer friendly practices in that regard. And they're managing to make that all fit. But come on, this is not going to be, it's just going to be a disaster report. I don't want it to be, but like, can this even be, I guess if you never played The Witcher and you want an experience like this, like they made Skyrim work, but Skyrim's a fucking eight year old game. And even then it looks like shit. When you buy this game later this year. Yeah, fuck off. I will, but it's going to be bad. I'm going to hate it. It'll make me play my all my my PC again. That's what it'll do. I mean, that's what you do with Skyrim too, right? Well, actually, no, you didn't play Skyrim. You just you you played with mods until it looked good. Then you stopped because that's what you do every time you play Skyrim. That's basically. I played way more Skyrim on the Switch when I was like, all right, what I see is what I get. I can't alter it or or change anything. I'm just gonna play the game the way it was intended to be played. And despite all of its issues, like it was actually surprisingly glitch free for the most part. And I played quite a bit. Me and Cody took turns at the beach. It was a lot of fucking fun. After The Witcher 3, they showed Fire Emblem Three Houses. Are you into this game? They showed a lot of story stuff. I tuned out during this point. It was like anime cutscene stuff. It looks good. It looks... I like. I think it looks nice. I like the character designs. I am... I don't know. We'll see when the story is actually happening, if I'm into the story, but it's a, it's a fine premise. It seems like there's some um, open choices about what you do, who you uh, side with, basically. But I'll, I will be... I'll be playing this game. I really like the the changes they've shown into how you upgrade your characters and level up your characters. It seems like you have more agency over that as opposed to my character leveled up. Let's see if the dice roll gives me something worth doing or I have to need to reset my console and like level up again. Right. That's bullshit. No one wants that. Um, after that, they showed Resident Evil. Crap. It's like five and six. Like fine. Okay. Uh, they showed No More Heroes 3, which is like a CG cutscene, but it's like, oh, cool. They're doing another No More Heroes. They're doing a real sequel. As opposed to that weird, like top down beat em up thing they did earlier this year. Then they showed uh, a Contra sequel from our friends at Konami and also the Contra collection coming out like today or soon or whatever. But that new Contra looks so bad. I've never seen it, looks awful. I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad for the team who worked on this because there's no way they didn't know that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's put into the world and it's uh, it's just being shit on and, and beamed left and right. It, I mean, it would have looked bad for a PS2 game. You know what I mean? Like it was just or even like a 3DS. It looks like they probably were making it for 3DS and then waited for three years and then decided to put it out on Switch. Oh, it looks so bad. Maybe the gameplay will be fun enough that it's like, well, you can forgive a game's graphics if, it, if it's an engaging and addicting experience, but yeah, I hope somebody, I hope somebody likes this game. It's just, it's weird that they would do like a, a top down third person sort of 3d game as opposed to what every other Contra game is that people like and people want. Right. Like the 2d games, like even like they had way forward do a Contra game on the DS and like everyone loved that. They're doing this instead, whatever. Uh, showed some more Damon X Machina. 
It's got a release date. I still kind of want to play that game. Wait for reviews for that. They showed Panzer Dragoon Remake, which was a Saturn game. It's very Star Fox-esque, but you're on a dragon, which is like weird. I mean, we saw Panzer Dragoon and Contra and Trials of Mana. We're getting like all these like 90s remakes all at the Nintendo Direct. Like, cool. I'm fine with that. I'm into I'm into the 90s. Uh, got some Pokemon stuff. We also later had it confirmed that uh, it's only going to be Pokemon that are endemic to the Galar region will be allowed to be transferred over from Pokemon Home. So bad. Everyone lost their minds about. Everyone's so mad about not being able to move their Pokemon over. Pokemon, dude. Gotta gotta catch some of them, maybe. Gotta catch most of them. I don't know. I'm not super anal about this kind of thing because I've never been the kind of person to be like, man, I love all the Pokemon that I caught from this last game. Time to bring them over to the new game so I don't have to catch them again. Like, that's never been my, my style. I like to play the new game and keep the Pokemon from the new game in that game. That's where I had those experiences with them. They're, they're, that's where they live. But I understand there's a lot of people that are not about that. And it's funny because the reasoning for this makes a lot of sense and would be a good, like, explanation. Because they're saying it's so hard to animate and model are now over a thousand Pokemon. But then they show that they don't have attack animations for any of these Pokemon. It's still just like the, the character model moves up and then a foot appears on your opponent. And that's double kick. So like their their excuse is just not it's not worthwhile. Dude, any company, any company could make a better Pokemon game in 2019 than the fucking Pokemon company. Any developer of any size. Like it is at it's at a point now where Pokemon is it has not properly and adequately evolved with the times. Its audience nice. they're still catering to kids, but guess what? You're also catering to a whole new breed of people who didn't exist 20 years ago. Like you are catering to those kids' parents who grew up loving these things, and and these things are still very much a part of their lives. You have to bring parity b- between your game and and their contemporaries, like. There's no excuse for this game to... I don't think the game looks particularly good. It looks big and empty and blocky and weird. I don't give a shit about any of the new Pokemon. The fact that like the, the, the National Dex isn't a thing anymore. I'm just like... And, and, the, and they finally made some freaking strides with the Let's Go games that were so surprising and so interesting and so engaging. And they kind of were like, oh, we better shoehorn some of that in, but not... All of it are, are the parts that you actually liked. Like they have weird regions where Pokemon are in the overworld, or like a little exclamation point pops up and you can choose to run into it. Like what a weird halfway measure. Like it's just I am out on this game, dude. I'm out. No national decks. Come on. That's fair. I'll probably still end up getting this game. But I do agree. I feel like no other game developer would be able to get away with this kind of minute iteration time and time again for a 20 year span. But for some reason, they just struck gold and they can just keep milking it for all it's worth with like these tiny, tiny changes. And people will just laugh and clap and be like stoked for the introduction of a area pretty much equivalent to like what Ocarina of Time did 20 years ago. Yeah. Like why? I don't know why they're so rewarded for the tiny changes that they they add. And like at the same time, I also don't want them to change things too much in some regards. Like I don't know if I want the the battling to be different. You know, like I still want the six Pokemon versus six Pokemon and having the four moves. I can understand it's getting to the point where all these attacks and like keeping it 
somewhat sort of balanced so that you have like a progression with like your attack power and like that kind of stuff's really complicated but it's separate from what you were talking about with like let's go where you have actual pokemon in the overworld and they sort of have similar things to that in this one wild area but in other routes there's like the exclamation point so it's like a sort of half step thing but just the fact that they can't model a thousand characters and have moves that like look good it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous like yeah it's a lot of work but yeah you're a company that makes a shit ton of money and we i don't know i don't want to sound like the entitled gamer but i feel like we've invested in this franchise for the past 20 years maybe we should get something worthwhile absolutely not the same game year after year after year the only way i buy this game is if literally every single one of my friends buy it and then you guys all come to eugene or i take some time off and i'm up or you know whatever it is like if we're all in the same room drinking beers and playing pokemon that's one thing but i will not be buying this and playing this on my own unless it just gets outrageous reviews we'll see what happens but so far it just i'm, I'm out on it and even if it does like is a good review for the new Pokemon game. Does that mean anything? Cause you know, that person just has like an expectation that was surpassed or they're so into Pokemon that they'll stand anything they put out. So at this point, Pokemon doesn't need, I don't know. It's like, what's the point of reviewing a Pokemon game? Either you're there to be like edgy and to shit on it, or yeah. you're there to be like, actually I'm a Pokemon fan die hard. So I will be happy with anything they put out because it just has Pokemon on the, on the, the title screen. That's Nintendo reviews in general. Like, like look at breath of the wild, like people calling it the best freaking open world game of all time. It wasn't the best open world game that year. So there's a Nintendo bias where, where people skew heavily one way or the other. Like you said, it's really hard to get a, just say, Hey, this game is, is what it is. And, and here are the good and bad things about it. It's really Nintendo can, can really put anything out and, and someone is going to eat it up. And it's not just Nintendo. It's just any franchise. There's a franchise bias. It's the same kind of people who are like, end game is the best movie they've ever seen because they love Marvel or end game is the worst movie they've ever seen because they didn't watch the previous movie. That's a totally, that is apples to oranges, my friend. No, I think it's pretty accurate because you can't have a honest, you can't have a, I mean, there's no such thing as a non-biased review. Right, right. But there has to be value from your perspective. Right. And I think it gets to the point where it's so black or white that the value of a review is diminished almost to the point of it being worthless because either you're into it and you're going to like it or you're not into it and you're not going to like it. I disagree on one hand. Look at something like Assassin's Creed. Even diehard Assassin's Creed fans were like, dude, fuck this franchise. And guess what Ubisoft did? They scrapped it for a year. They went back to the drawing board. They came back with a totally revamped series and two really critically acclaimed games. Yeah, but then there's people who look back and they're like, you know what? Actually, I liked Unity. I actually liked Syndicate and even like Assassin's Creed Rogue that no one played on because it was on the previous console generation. Like, actually, that game was better than Black Flag because they just improved things. And Absolutely not better than Black Flag. Come on. I played both games. Come on. Black Flag is still the Black Flag. What am I doing? Black Flag is still the best Assassin's Creed in the franchise. Yeah, but there are different types of Assassin's Creed fans and you can sort of see where they're coming from. So that 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 colors your perspective on a certain game. So you and I are going to be harsh on Pokemon because we're like Pokemon boomers basically. And it hasn't changed enough to catch our interest and it's unforgivable, but some people are like, Oh, they're changing too much and they're adding too much to this battle system. As long as like Dynamaxing isn't a required thing that we're not gonna be able to do it. Pokemon battles that changes the meta. The people are just into like competitive Pokemon battling. It's just, it's weird when a franchise goes on this long because it sort of segregates its communities into separate sort of casts. 
And then there's the outsiders that are never going to be into it because it's hard to get into a franchise with the latest, latest game or latest movie or latest book because you have to have that knowledge of everything leading up to it. You need to have that nostalgia of growing up with it even. It's like if you watch Harry Potter, do the movies get better? I don't know. It's hard to tell. They're coming out when we're growing up or like the books. I can't even, I can't be objective because I have memories and that changes my, my perspective. I agree. It does change your perspective, but it's also easy to grow up and be like, Hey, the books are still phenomenal. The movies are awful. Like it's easy to look at that through a a different perspective as an adult and be like, as much as I love these things, one is clearly better than the other, or one is not as good as I thought it was star Wars prequels. Like there is a level of objectivity to it. Like, I really enjoy the Star Wars prequels. They're really not good movies. And I can look at that and say, that's true. These are these were lambasted for a reason and they deserve that. But even like you look at the games industry and look at the people who literally call Breath of the Wild the best open world game of all time. These are people who play every game that come through. And they, you know, and it's just it's this weird Nintendo bias. I don't know if it's nostalgia or if it's because things are so few and far between or because they have this charm, but they're so far behind. And so we're we're giving them more credit than they deserve. And like, I don't know what it is, but everyone is susceptible to it. There are very few people who will just look back, look at it honestly and be like, I like this game a lot, but you're literally fucking crazy to even say this is the best Zelda game, let alone the most open world game of all time. And that with every major release someone is like being outrageously hyperbolic and saying this is you know the best this or that of all time it's just it's a lot of times that just gets the most attention and you got similar stuff with people reviewing breath of the wild and being negative about it and people being mad at those people for not liking the game that they like which is also silly negative was an eight out of ten i don't know if there's like a if there's value in trying to be objective with a review when a review is so much based on your opinion and how it makes you feel and it's purely subjective so i can't I, I don't know because I'm not a reviewer. I can't really put my feelings into words, but I can't say Breath of the Ball is the best game I've ever played. But if someone says that, I just have to believe them that that's what they think. And there's not a lot of value in them saying this is the best game I've ever played, but I can see that some people might not like this or some people might like that because then you're just congregating a bunch of people's thoughts onto a thing and it turns into nobody's opinion because it's just an amalgamation. So that's just... I don't know. That's just the weird thing about reviewing media in general because it's so feelings based and you can come to it with a more intelligent kind of perspective, but that only gets you so far because then you're talking to the people who share your sort of feelings and views. Sure. And maybe trying to be like, I don't know. It's that's why it's good to have a lot of different reviews for a thing because you get a lot of different perspectives. Well, you want but, to talk about some, some diverse perspectives Let's talk about the reaction to that Animal Crossing trailer. <laughs> sure. That was that was a mixed bag. Really? I only saw uh, positive stuff. People are just happy that it looks like there's a lot of new stuff. They're happy that they're delaying the game so that people aren't like working too hard. It's not like a crunch situation because that's such a hot topic nowadays. Right, right. And it just, it looks really nice. So let's, let's break down what we saw. I, I got to be honest. I, initially, I was a little, I was a little perturbed that the setting is changing. And I, maybe that's silly me, but I was like, I just want new leaf but like uber polished with all these quality of life upgrades i don't necessarily need like a whole new game or like a whole new setting like i don't need that for this game to be massively interesting to me i just want it to be what i love but fix all the things that need to be fixed and i will say in all that gameplay footage it looks like they not only fixed everything that probably should be fixed there there are inventory questions and touch screen controls you know there are questions but they did you watch any of the the treehouse uh gameplay i did not 
So they, you see some of the inventory stuff. It seems like, I don't know about the way you interact with it, but um, I know that like fruit auto stacks, uh, everything sort of like if you have apples and you pick up an apple, then you have an additional apple. It's not like you have to go in there and reorganize stuff. Sure. So that seems like they've made, they've made uh, good concessions there. Thank goodness. And, th- and there's stuff, they took the elements from like happy home designer and how you can arrange things. And it looks like it's going to cater steps on the grid. Right, right. It looks like it's going to cater more to my play style. We'll see how time manipulation works. That's a huge part of, w- of what I do. And people can lambast me for that. And purists will shit on that. But that's, you know, I want to go in and, and build my house. I want to build my town. And I want to like, you know, I want it to be a, a simulator of sorts. I love they're introducing like farming. Uh, you know, like I I want more of that in my experience. But I still want all the cute little things that make an Animal Crossing game. I just want to streamline the way I play and the way a lot of people have always played these games. And each iteration, they sort of, like in the last game, they really, they introduced the whole going to the island, catching all the bugs at night and like really like streamlining how fast you can gain cash. That and the, uh, I feel like another big thing that added in New Leaf was, I can't remember what they're called, but the, like the town amenities where you can like, oh, I want to build a bridge and you locate where you're going to put the bridge and you raise money to build that bridge. Yeah, but that was like, you get like 60 bells and you, it was still going to cost like 300,000 for the bridge. So it, it was like... Yeah, but it's it's more stuff to to dump money into because like, what's the point of making money in a game if you have, don't have stuff to buy? That, that's true. Which is why I think the crafting thing that they showed is a huge improvement because yeah. otherwise you're just limited to the random draw of like what's in the store today or I did a nice thing for my neighbor and they gave me this weird wallpaper. Sure. So it gives you a little more agency over your choices that you can make, which I saw some people maybe complaining a little bit about. It's like, oh, this is an Animal Crossing. This is like Harvest Moon. But they've always had that sort of shared DNA. Sure, yeah. And it's yeah. still more about like interacting with your your neighbors and like having those cute little moments and designing your home. And it's like a lifestyle, it's a life sim sort of thing. Well, that's what I, I feel like the closer they move to Harvest Moon, the better. Because those, in a lot of ways... It's more of a game. Right, right. There's And whether it's farming or it's like it, it, it's building the home and it's it's building your town and it's whatever, like it's really those same elements that really make it, I think compelling. Like, yeah, it's cute interacting with your neighbors and you have a list of chores to do every day. Like that's compelling. But I mean, that's, that's literally why the harvest moon games and like looking at something like Stardew Valley, like is so popular. It is that formula. And for them to lean into that makes so much sense after 20 years to have only had one foot in the door there. And all the things that have been really frustrating about the game for most people, it's like that other foot where they're just not willing to just commit to like, Hey, make this more of a simulator and give us this freedom to do X, Y, and Z. And now they're doing that. I'm still not sold on the desert island thing. The deserted island. Rather. I just don't see what the the setting, how that influences. It's just, it, it's an aesthetic thing. It's a, it's a vibe thing. And until I get my hands on it and hear it and see it for Every myself. Every town has had like at least two beaches though, sure, right? Sure, sure, Beaches. But I didn't get like the classic Animal Crossing vibe, which is like what you want. I know it's like New Horizons. It's this new, refreshing whatever but you know you want to iterate and you want to iterate well but you don't want to completely shock people and you're you coming at a very fickle crowd nick animal crossing fans are very particular i mean as we saw they're mad that there's crafting and farming you're still on that little toilet paper tube walking up and down the beach picking up seashells fishing for fish right shaking a tree and picking up a stick making a cool axe out of the stick hitting a rock with a stick fair getting the thing from the rock making the rock sell the sell the gyro got Make make your house get a cot. 
It's Animal Crossing, baby. I am really disappointed it got delayed. And I know it's like you got the everyone's like, oh, well, they're treating their employees well. Whatever. That's just the bullshit reason. Like the game's not close to ready. It's understandable. Good for them for spinning yeah. it in a positive PR. Put out, put out a good game later, not a bad game now. I agree. I want it to be, I don't want there to be any issues. I just want this to be an amazing game and, you know, take a fucking week off work and just play the shit out of Animal Crossing. Dude, yeah. And they showed some some kind of cute stuff. Like you got same screen multiplayer. So you can just break off a Joy-Con be like, hey, help me pick up these uh, weeds. Because you actually, you're not just like digging up weeds. You actually take them and you can like sell them or craft them. Like Cool new stuff like that. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to shake this tree. You pick up the apples, you know. They even showed at the end of the trailer, the like eight eight people running around. I, I don't know what that is. That's like a teaser. It's sort of like, imagine. But I know that you and I are going to be playing this game pretty hard. Lindsay's going to get it. I don't know if anybody else in our friend group, maybe Andrew. I don't know if Max is like into these kind of games. Yeah. I don't it'll, be, it'll be nice to like just sit around and like grind out some chores. You know, maybe not even playing together, but like hanging out together and playing. Just hop, a hunt, hop on Discord and like talk every few minutes. Be like, oh man, I just... I just saw a cool KK slider show and you're like, I'm, I'm currently, you're like, I'm, I'm in 2025 because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, I always reset back though. I always go back. I can tell you when I start talking about video games and my memories with my friends and as a child and getting together and, you know, it makes the idea of maybe one day having a kid compelling. And then I look at the fact that I'm 27 and I'm like, do I want to have a kid any later than this? No. Cause then it's like, the older I get, the less I want to ever have to deal with wiping butts and waking up in the middle of the night. And, you know, maybe one day in some strange alternate future, our children are playing video games together while we sit there reminiscing about the good old days, you know, playing Mario Kart. And But anyway. Sounds like a nightmare. That's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Okay. Banjo-Kazooie reveal. Okay. Walk me through your reaction to Banjo-Kazooie, which... Is your fucking guy. Banjo is your fucking guy. Banjo is probably the best game on the N64. Not necessarily saying a lot, but finally I mean, remembered 3D there's platformer. There's some good games on that console. I love Paper Mario. I love Mario yes. 64. I love Legend yeah. of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And yeah. I like Majora's Mask. There's okay. some good stuff there. Star Fox 64. Best yeah. Star Fox. Great, great game. You know? You know? So it's not like, it's not all, it's not all stinkers. Banjo, I just love it. Got a great affinity for the music and the vibes and the levels. And yeah, they started off, you know, it's like the little Smash Bros. stinger with the mural. You're like, oh man, there's going to be more. It's going to be a second character. And then they they go to K. Rule and DK and Diddy. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do it, aren't they? <laughs> and then immediately you got the, the jiggy bouncing across the screen. I'm like, oh, they did it. Those mad lads, they did it. And then they do a little joke, the same joke they did when they announced K. Rule where it's Oh, is that Banjo's silhouette? No, it's Duck Hunt Dog. He's doing the little giggle from the game. Like, that's great. And they get the good reaction gifts from the the the, the rare boys popping out the window and yeah. stuff. Then you get Banjo. And he looks fantastic. Yep. He looks like a modern revisiting of the 64 model. It's not the weird, gross look that they had in Nuts and Bolts. And they, showed, they highlighted the moveset. They showed some really cool stuff with how he's it's man smash bros they just do such a goddamn good job of paying homage to the characters and what they're capable of doing in the games that they're from and translating that into a fighting game that other characters are also doing the moves from their games it's just such a love letter to every franchise that's highlighted and man i just i was just so happy i was just pumped 
Got a little misty eyed. I was just grinning. <laughs> oh man, having a chuckle. Yeah, enjoying my time because they they fucking did it, dude. They even had the little cutscene at the end with Cave Rule falling to the ground or the rock falling on top, and that's the directly how the first game ends with Grunty being buried under a rock. It's <laughs> like they get it. They know their audience. They know who they're talking to, and they did it. They they got a Microsoft character for all intents and purposes. He's back, baby. Listen, back I, home. I I do wish. They would have done a different reveal. Like it's like, all right, fun little throwback to how they revealed King K. Rule. And it makes sense that they used the DK characters to introduce King K. Rule the way they did in that setting. But like that bit would have been so much more hype for Banjo doing the little silhouette and then tricking people out, like, ha ha, you got us. Like it would have been way cooler if that had if they had reversed the reveals and they had done that initially. Sure. It's a it's a it's a corny bit. But it's a it's a it's a funny little thing. It's Sakurai acknowledging that the fan base wants this thing and being like, "Huh, wouldn't it be funny if I didn't do this?" Right. But I'm just kidding. I'm gonna do it. It's right. like a it's like a dad pulling your nose off your off your face. And, you know, gotcha. I'll give it back. You know, like it's just it's dumb. It's corny, but it's like it's sweet. So it's not like I like the character because of the reveal. I just like the reveal because it's a sick fucking character. It's cool. We only have two more characters, though. And I think I lost you. You're at 144. Oh, no, there you are. Here we are. I didn't lose you. I think we're good. You were frozen for a second there. Weird. Uh, so we have two more Smash DLC characters to announce. And, okay, Banjo, that's a great reveal. Dragon Quest. Yeah, I wish we would have got Dragon Quest in lieu of one of the other Fire Emblem characters earlier on. But I'm trying to think what else... Um, who who is the other Joker? Which yeah, again, okay. So now we've got two characters that aren't on the Switch, another in Smash, and I'm just like, who are the next two going to be? Yeah, it's weird because I don't know, I don't know what like the general populace their vibes on these character reveals. If it's like a rising in hype or rarity or unlikelihood or like what's their what's their marketing angle with this. Like they pretty much had to reveal two characters at this E3 because they have two more characters they have to put out between fall now and February of 2020. That's when they said that it'll all be done and they can push that date. They could be like, Oh, you know, please understand we have to take more time with our bullshit. But I feel like they wouldn't have said February, 2020 if they didn't sort of have that in the pipeline, they understood how much time it would take for these characters. They probably have them all like pretty much nailed down since they sold the fighter pass i would imagine because they they planned so far ahead so i don't know what the there's been like leaks or rumors or whatever i mean every every character under the sun has a has a leak or a rumor associated with it because it's all wishful thinking especially when it comes to smash bros there's so many fake leaks so i don't know what is like likely well i mean i imagine they're not going to have another heavy hitter the way you know banjo really was if you think about it, a fucking feat it, it's funny dude i gotta i gotta see if i can pull up my facebook memories this might have been a couple days ago i wish i could go back several days it's a little frustrating that i i don't think i can but it, i was like referencing the smash roster uh, the voting right right from like 2014 yeah and i was like but I was like, how disappointing that we're not getting, you know, we got so-and-so, we got Ryu and we got, you know, instead of getting King K. Rule and getting Banjo and getting Bayonetta and all these, I listed all these characters that now we have. And it's like, it's funny how that works out a couple years later. <laughs> Makes you look like a goddamn idiot. Well, I mean, I, I stand by it. Do we, do we really need fucking Ryu before we got 
literally any Ryu other. Is, Ryu is super hype. I love I love fighting game crossovers, and fighting games are rife with them. So it makes sense that the fighting game guy gets into Smash Bros. I think that's that's an awesome get, especially since Street Fighter has such a strong history with Nintendo, sure. like Super Nintendo, and Super Street Fighter. So it is fucking Dragon Ball Z, but we're not going to get Goku, are we? He's not a he's not a. Uh, video game character. He's a manga character. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, <laughs> Toriyama's written work. Fuck He's you, been drawing bitch. on paper for uh, th- 40, 45 years. <laughs> okay. Still, strong history. And you got the Dragon Quest here. That's Goku. You got Goku. You got uh, Young Vegeta. <laughs> you got... <laughs> he only draws four different characters anyway, so you got all of them, dude. So that, that pretty much was the Nintendo conference. It was, dude, a bunch of great moments and... Breath of the Wild too, baby. Yep, to end it That's all. Cool. One more thing. I, I'm 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 interested to know what the timeline on this game is because Nintendo's been really good about hey, here's what you have to look forward to for the next six months. If it's coming out later than that, we have another direct that we'll do, you know, later this year or early next year. So like what's the what's the logic behind announcing that they're working on Breath of the Wild 2? They showed uh cutscene stuff. They they always do in engine work, so it's not like it's gonna look better or different really than Breath of the Wild. I think some people did some analysis and it's like, oh my god, they have, instead of cell shading with two different lighting, it's three, so it's like a little bit more detailed, but in the grand scheme of things, it's going to look the same. And it's just cool. They're making a sequel. They don't really do that a lot of the times with the Zelda games. They did that with, uh, I think Phantom Hourglass was technically a sequel to Minish Cap, maybe, or Wind Waker or something like that. Yeah, they're all Wind Waker uh, sequels. Spirit Tracks isn't, though. It's like different. It's like the same world. Same character, but it's different or I something. Don't, I, don't I don't know. Remember. It's but they're yeah, they're sequels. but they don't do that. They sure. did that with like Zelda one to Zelda two. They did that with uh, Link to the Past and Link's Awakening. I think I think that's the same Link. He goes on a boat. They did that with Ocarina of Time and Jorah's Mask. Sort of, it's like one split timeline bullshit. But this is like a sequel. This is the same engine, same characters. You know, you know, Link and Zelda, those two characters, and then they said it's the same Hyrule. What does that mean? Does that mean? the same like world does it mean the same literal geometry are these shrines disappearing is the stuff going to get shuffled around you see the castle lifting up are we going to get inverted castle symphony of the night style what's going on here what's the what's the premise they left a lot of questions which they want they want questions they want people to be wondering what's going on but i just i'm wondering why they showed this in 2019 is the game sooner than we think it is is this going to be like hey check it out winter 2020 could be this game could be like no. that and like out of three you know it's been well, three years since that game came out by 2020 three and a half years i have a lot of questions though obviously yes it's going to be the same geometry they, they might have a new area they, they they're going to have different dungeons here's my question different abilities different sure. ways to get around the only way i can imagine this being actually interesting especially with keeping the same map which is you know half the fun of that game was just exploring a relatively empty world you know but but you still had fun it, it was the climbing mechanics and exploring that way that kept it engaging enough so when you remove that are you going to do 80 new shrines or 120 new shrines or whatever it is are you going to do the same shrines if that's the case that's bad or what i imagine are you like do shrines at all or is it going to be actual dungeons i think it's i think the only way this can actually be interesting is like all right this is either another time skip, either we're going back to before Calamity Ganon, and this is the prequel, and it's before the shrines, and we get actual dungeons, or we fast forward 100 years, or whatever it is, and again, you have to do real dungeons again. It has to be more of a classic Zelda experience. Still e- emphasize the open world, like you still want to 
somehow, I don't know how you do it without, we don't give a fuck about core exceeds anymore. We don't care about shrines anymore. We're not going to care about you know, whatever. So how do you incentivize people still exploring this world that they're already very familiar with? I don't know. But they're going to have to bring back dungeons. Like It's going to have to be more of a traditional Zelda experience, I think, to 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 really be worth its fucking salt, you know? So, I don't know. But cool, they're developing it. That's weird that they would have announced it this soon because you know it's not right around the corner, but it's... Well, right. I mean, they announced that they're developing Breath of the Wild in like 2012. Yeah. So, I don't think it's like that because it's not new engine. It's not new wildly new assets or anything like that. Uh like I said, it's very, it's more iterative that like Majora's Mask was. They they made that game in a year, which like, that's not going to happen now. They, they worked way too fast on that game. Yeah. But I think it could be sooner than a lot of, you know, a lot of people think, oh, New Zelda, you think, oh, two or three years out. I think there's a likelihood, there's a chance that it comes out next year even. Maybe, maybe. They've probably been working on this game since, like we've heard like rumors and hirings and Monolith Soft hiring for work on a Zelda game and all this kind of stuff. So. They're always got something brewing. It just depends, you know, to what extent is this going to be a new experience? Is it just going to be DLC essentially? Or are they going to introduce some crazy mechanic like Majora's Mask where they took literally the same assets and they threw together a new game, but they introduced like a really interesting game mechanic. So it literally changed everything about what a Zelda game is. Like it was, it's, it's a total outlier and people love it or hate it. You know, it was, all right, we're going to make something new and, and, I don't know if that's the direction they're going with this. Is it going to be something new or is they just want to be like, all right, here's more Breath of the Wild, but you're not going to have that new car smell. It's going to be a lot of the same. I don't know what they would, because if you wanted to be like completely new, they'd have to take away stuff. And I don't know if you can take much away without completely altering the sort of genetic makeup of what makes that game interesting to interact with on a long scale. Like, obviously what I would want is like more enemy variety they were limited they limited themselves on purpose because a lot of these enemies had to use items that link could also use so it's a lot of anthropomorphic enemies that you're fighting if you look at the the list of foes that you fought in breath of the wild up to up against any other zelda game it is hysterical how few there are in that game so i think it'd be great if they did like an overhaul of weapon durability in general which I know you would be you would be stoked about. I'm like not super one way or the other. But just give us more enemies, more things to fight. I think that would make uh, a huge difference in making that world seem more occupied and like you said, a little bit less empty. And also more dungeon like actual dungeons. And I don't know what else because you gotta imagine there's gonna be more powers, like Sheikah Slate kind of powers. You know, you got bombs, you got stasis, cryonis, and magnesis. They could easily add like two more and that could wildly change how you interact with the world and how you traverse, which could make the world smaller, but it's already familiar. We've already been in this, this place and there's only so much they can do to change the geometry in that sort of a time span. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's if it's just more story stuff, like the story was easily the weakest part of that game. It had a really cool setting and I like the vibes and like the feeling that being in that place was, but seeing it through these memories and it was like very low impact which is fine because that's zelda games have pretty low impact stories it's like this drama that's happening while you're beating up skeletons you know (laughs) yeah so more enemies more different bosses i don't want to fight four different calamity ganons and have these four different mini bosses throughout the world no that'd be nice yeah they're gonna have to shake dungeons would lend itself to that and like 
give us a freaking grappling hook, dude. Please, for the love of God, that would make that would make traversing the same world interesting again. I mean, it's sort of diminished by being able to climb anything. If he lost his ability to climb, it's like, oh no, my fingers they hurt too much to climb this wall anymore. <laughs> I got to use my swingable grappling hook from Wind Waker or my hook shot from Ocarina of Time or Link's Awakening. It could be they could reinterpret puzzles in an interesting way, given some added physics, mechanics. The physics puzzles, yeah. So it's like Portal, but your your Link, yeah. Boom, Nintendo. Nintendo definitely won E3. All the reveals, all the game announcements, all the, you know, peeling the curtain back on what we knew was already coming. Like, it was just hype moment after hype moment. And, and it's a lot of it is so soon. Like, Astral Train is August. Uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 is next month. Ooh, that so looks great. So it's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mario Maker 2 is in, like, a week now. We got Link's Awakening in September. I got Nino Kuni 2, or Nino Kuni 1 in September, and also Dragon Quest Eleven in September. Um, October might be Luigi's Mansion. I don't know. November's looking like just uh, Pokemon, but that'll do well for them. I don't. We'll see if I get it. I'll probably get it because I'm a Mark. But this is a it's a good looking year, and there's probably going to be another direct. I'd imagine there's going to be a Smash direct whenever um, the hero comes out. If they do like patch updates or just a breakdown what his abilities are, and there'll probably be another Smash direct when uh, Banjo Kazooie comes out. And then they might announce another character by then. I would imagine we'll wait for Game Awards for another big character reveal. Maybe, well, might have to be sooner than that, just depending on the cadence that they come out. Very cool. Well, that was e- that's our, our very cursory overview of E3 last week. You know, hit us up on the old internet. We did get an email last Whoa. week. See, it still doesn't forward to my email, so I don't know unless I go out of my way to check it. It doesn't forward to your email. If they forward the feedback, they it goes to... The console crusade email. You just have to look. I have I have notifications on my phone. We do have uh, email feedback at consolecrusade.com. You can hit us up. Um, I have someone currently in here disturbing me while I'm trying to record. It's really totally distracting. <laughs> can I help you? She's not saying anything. No, I just want to say hi to Nick. I'm- okay. It's funny. My uh, webcam has been frozen on my side for like the last minute. Oh, really? Very, very disturbing. I hope you can still see me move because I'm like half blinking. One eye is closed more than the other. It's bad times. So we got a little something from our boy, uh, uh, Andrew Chavez, man. The the Windows Defender, the Grand Gamer, the Concert Crusader. While listening to the E3 predictions pod for 2019, I thought you guys were both pretty on the money for online multiplayer features in the new Animal Crossing game. Except for one thing. You can only visit towns, villages that belong to strangers, just like Mario Maker's 2 online functionality, which they are reversing. Nintendo is reversing, and they are... Adding the ability to play with your friends. Yeah, they gotta. <laughs> you said, can't wait to unfriend you both on Switch so I can send you some bugs or a rock or something. Tom Nook will rope <laughs> you in on an essential oils pod you scheme too. Thanks for all you do. Grand Gamer. P.S. Damn. Can't believe they really put that Doom guy in Smash. <laughs> uh, fun uh, fun prediction. Didn't quite work out. Anyway, ConstantCrusade.com. Feedback at ConstantCrusade.com. Find us on Twitter at Console underscore Crusade. This is Nick Durheim at Prestal Death. I am... EJ Olson at EJ Give me a countdown. Okay.